Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. Larson writes this, We live in a fast-paced culture, but some things just ought to happen slowly. The book Final Salute tells the story of Major Steve Beck, a U.S. Marine whose heart-wrenching task is to inform the nearest of kin when a Marine has been killed in Iraq. Beck doesn't just break the sad news and then leave. For several days, he may help the family through the process of the funeral. That includes supervising the Marine Honor Guard that stands near the fallen soldier's body. The Honor Guard learns from Beck how to salute their fallen fellow Marine as they leave or resume guard with a slow salute that isn't taught in basic training. The slow salute requires a three-second raising of the hand to the head, a three-second hold, and then a three-second lowering of the hand a gesture of respect that takes about nine times longer than normal. Beck explains it this way, A salute to your fallen comrade should take time. Those who die serving their country are worthy of great honor, worthy of a slow salute, worthy of extra time, worthy of taking the time to ponder their sacrifice. To do some things fast just to get them done so that we can move on to the next thing in our lives sends a subtle message of disrespect. So it is with our worship of God and living for Him, the Savior who loved us and gave His life for us, is worthy of our time. The Savior is worthy of our time, and He is worthy of all that we can give, of all that we could ever do for Him. He is worthy not to just do things fast for the Lord in our lives, but to devote our time to take time out of our lives and to use it for Him and for His glory. God has called us to action. Knowing the message of grace and what God is doing today is not enough. We, the body of Christ, are called and commissioned to take God's message of grace to the world. And He is worthy of our time in doing so. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19-20 through 20 read, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. The commission given to the eleven apostles at the end of Christ's earthly ministry is a powerful and an important commission. It is a great commission because Christ gave it, and everything Christ does is great, and it will have great ramifications when it will be carried out again in the future after the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. In the meantime, under grace, there is a new commission that is in force and is to be carried out today by the body of Christ in this dispensation of grace. We learn about that commission in the epistles of Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles. There are similarities 
with our commission under grace and the Lord's commission to the apostles and for the nation of Israel, but there are also big differences. Similarly, we too are called to go. We too have Christ with us always. We are to go to the world. We have good news concerning Jesus Christ to proclaim. We have the Holy Spirit to strengthen and enable us as we carry out our commission today. But there are important differences. Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom with its earthly kingdom hope. Repentance, confession of sins, and water baptism required to be saved. Belief in Jesus as Israel's Messiah to be saved and not His finished work. Miraculous signs as evidences of salvation such as speaking in tongues and healing. Teaching the observance of the law. Teaching the conditional forgiveness of sin based on forgiving others. Teaching forsaking all and selling all to have eternal life. Having the authority to forgive sins. Reaching Jerusalem and Israel first. These things are incompatible with the truths found in the Pauline epistles and the gospel of the grace of God. Although the words at the end of the gospel records are the Lord's parting words to his apostles here on earth before he ascended to heaven, those are not the last words Christ spoke concerning the mission and commission of his saints. After Israel fell and their unbelief and their program was temporarily set aside after the stoning of Stephen, Christ spoke again. He appeared on the Damascus road and saved Paul, and he raised up a new apostle for this dispensation of grace, to whom he revealed a new commission for the church today, which we find in the epistles of Paul. The Lord gave a commission to the apostles while he was here on the earth for the nation of Israel, based on God's earthly program. And then later, the Lord gave a commission to Paul from heaven for the body of Christ, based on God's heavenly program. But many are operating under the wrong commission today for the simple reason that they failed to recognize God's message to the church today through the Apostle Paul, which is separate and distinct from the message of the Twelve Apostles. But we must reach out to the world with the right message, with the right gospel, following the right commission in doing so. We must serve and carry out the Lord's instructions and commissions according to what He is doing now, today, under grace. To place ourselves under the commission given to the Twelve is to go backwards, not forwards. It is to place ourselves back under the law, back under Israel's program, both of which are not in operation today. God wants the church to go forward. And going forward, we learn that we are not under law, we are under grace. Paul says Israel has fallen, is cast away, temporarily set aside in unbelief today. The Great Commission is not our commission. And just as Israel is temporarily set aside, the commission Christ gave before he ascended to Israel is a temporarily set aside commission. And there's many evidences for that because the miraculous signs that Christ said would follow those who believe, 
That's one proof that the commission for Israel is not what God is requiring today because those miraculous signs do not follow those who believe today. The gospel of the grace of God says salvation is by grace through faith alone, not of works. In the gospel of the kingdom, we find under it that water baptism is a work that was required for salvation under the Great Commission. Forsaking all, selling all, keeping the law, confessing sins, forgiving others to be forgiven, those are all works. The fact that salvation is not of works, as Ephesians 2.9 says, demonstrates that the Great Commission is not for today. The Great Commission was based on prophecy, based on Israel being primary, Israel needing to be reached first, Israel to be the light of the world. The hope for all was Israel's earthly program. However, the commission for today isn't based on prophecy or Israel's program, but upon the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began as Romans 16.25 says. Today, God is building the church, the body of Christ, which has a completely different calling, walk, and destiny from the nation of Israel. The revelation of the mystery, as made known by Christ to Paul, reveals God's plans and purposes for a people reigning in the heavens for all eternity, and that's us, the body of Christ. Prophecy reveals God's plans and purposes for a people reigning eternally on the earth, and that's the nation of Israel. And just like the earthly kingdom commission, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is the focus and foundation of our commission. He is the one with all authority and is overall not in his office as Messiah and King over Israel today, but as the head of the church, the body of Christ, our Savior and our head has commissioned and given us the charge today. The commission today was given by the Lord from heaven to one man, the Apostle Paul, who in turn revealed it to the church. And it's, a, it's within Paul's writings that we find the commission for the body of Christ under grace. In Paul's letters, we learn that the gospel of the commission for the body of Christ is not the gospel of the kingdom, but the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the kingdom was a message of salvation that when believed gave people an earthly kingdom hope. Like the Great Commission, the gospel of the kingdom is a temporarily set aside gospel today. After the rapture of the church, that will exactly be again what God requires for salvation. But not today. The gospel that is enforced today, the only gospel that saves, is the gospel of the grace of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is God offering eternal life and salvation as a free gift by grace through faith alone, not by any works, just believing that Christ died for you, for your sins, was buried, and rose again. And unlike the gospel of the kingdom, this message of salvation, when believed, gives people a heavenly home. For all eternity. God has sent us, the body of Christ, out as his ambassadors to the world with this gospel of grace. The founder of Breen Bible Society, Pastor C.R. Stam, called this gospel the wonderful gospel of the wonderful grace of God. And it really is wonderful and amazing that God saves us. God 
gives us a heavenly home by His grace through faith in Christ alone. When we trust the gospel, we become members of Christ's body. And being in the body of Christ, we are all ambassadors for Christ. We each represent Christ before this world. We are all official representatives of God the Son. And this is a great privilege and it carries a great weight of responsibility. As Christ's ambassadors, Paul says, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray or we implore you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. We stand here in Christ's stead as His ambassadors offering the good news for anyone to be reconciled to God through the cross as a free gift. God the Father and God the Son implore sinners through us to accept His forgiveness and be reconciled to God. Christ has done the work of reconciliation. Now God has committed to us the word of reconciliation and His will for each of us is to take part in the worldwide outreach and testimony to His grace to reach the unbelieving. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Two Great Commissions is a 28-page booklet written by Pastor Kevin J. Sadler. First appearing as articles in the October and November 2016 issues of the Berean Searchlight. This booklet presents the stark contrast between the Lord's commission to the Twelve Apostles and His commission to the Apostle Paul for the dispensation of grace in which we live. In this work, Pastor Kevin Sadler shows from Scripture how we are commissioned to rescue the perishing by sharing the gospel of grace and to shed light on the truth of God's revelation of the mystery. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750. That's 262-255-4750. Or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. There is no order of places that we take God's message of grace out. It is not as it was in the past through Israel to the world. It's not the world coming through Israel to be saved. It's just to the world. We are sent to all people without distinction, sharing God's grace far and wide in as many means, methods, and ways as possible, doing whatever it takes to get that gospel out. We do so by faith. We use our God-given gifts. We do so by prayer. We do it in God's strength. We do it for God's glory. We do it with Christ's love and grace constraining and driving us to do so. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? I've always liked the quote, The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for the church is 1 Timothy 2.4. God's will should be our will. 
The things that break God's heart should break our hearts. The things that bring joy to Him should bring joy to us. The things that matter to God should matter to us. And what matters to God is the salvation of souls and people coming to the full knowledge of His truth of what He is doing today under grace. The U.S. Coast Guard search and rescue team motto is, This we do so others may live. And that's a good motto for the body of Christ as well. All that we do for Christ should be so others may live and find life eternal, forgiveness, and hope in Christ. Today, God turns to all people individually and offers reconciliation to all just by believing in His Son and His finished work. The door of salvation in heaven is thrown open to all, to Jew and Gentile alike, without any distinction today. Christ died for all, 2 Corinthians 5.15 says. Right here, verse 6, 1 Timothy 2.6 says that Christ gave Himself a ransom for all, and His grace is offered to all, individually and indiscriminately. Romans 10, 12, and 13 says, The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, God works through the church, the body of Christ, made up of all who have trusted Christ as their personal Savior. Israel was God's light to the world in the past. The body of Christ is God's light to the world now under grace. And Philippians 2.15 says the church is in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation or generation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. The body of Christ is to be a shining light for our Savior in this spiritually dark world. As His lights were to reveal and radiate God's truth and show the way to Him, through the gospel of grace, we're to be holding forth the word of life, as Philippians 2.16 says. Holding forth its message of salvation that is available to all people. God loves the world. He wants the whole world to know about His full provision of salvation that is available to all through His Son. Ezekiel 33.11 says, He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. 2 Peter 3.9 says He is not willing that any should perish. God desires that the unbelieving be saved from eternal death and separation from Him and from the horrors of hell that await those who do not trust Christ and die in their sins. God desires everyone to come to the cross and to trust Christ as their personal Savior, to be saved from their sins and enter into that eternal relationship with Him. Out of God's love for all, He has provided salvation for all. But each person must make that personal, individual decision to trust God's provision. And only those who trust it are saved from their sins. Now we are confronted daily with the horrible state of the world and with the horrific, brutal, evil things and injustices that happen constantly. And you often hear people ask, why doesn't God do something about it? When is the Lord going to come to take the church home and judge this wicked world? In 2 Peter 3.15, Peter gives you the answer why the Lord waits. And he says, the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul 
also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you. The reason this current dispensation of grace has continued for 2,000 years, the reason why it still continues, and the reason why the Lord is being so long-suffering with all the terrible things that happen in this world is simply this, the salvation of souls. God wants people to be saved. Today He is giving all people an opportunity to be saved through Christ alone. His grace is being magnified today. And God's heart is huge. And His grace is infinitely great. And in His long-suffering, He's waiting and wanting people to respond to His salvation that He's provided by His grace. The next thing on God's timeline is judgment. The judgment of the tribulation period. But God continues, like the prodigal son's father, to patiently watch and wait and look for and want lost sinners to just come home. And that's where the body of Christ comes in with our commission. That we are God's ambassadors. We are His rescue workers. We are God's representatives to this world. The ones that show the way home through Christ. We are God's mouthpiece, and God wants to communicate His message of salvation by grace, through faith, through us. In knowing and imitating God's heart, the Apostle Paul had a burden for all people to be saved. 1 Corinthians nine sixteen and 22 says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain or win the more to Christ. In other words, I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Paul had a passion for lost souls. Paul was willing to do whatever it took to win the lost to Christ. He was flexible, adaptable, dealing with different people in different ways. And he labored hard and went far to reach the unbelieving. Paul tells the church in 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, to be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. We should most definitely follow Paul in doctrine. And we should also most definitely follow Paul in practice and imitate that example of a deep burden for lost souls. Ephesians 3.9 says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. A true story was shared with me many years ago that just struck me back then and it stuck with me. It was about a father who refused to attend his daughter's wedding because the man she was marrying could not speak in tongues. The father believed that this young man was not saved and did not have the Holy Spirit if he couldn't speak in tongues. But the young man had a clear profession of faith in Christ as his personal Savior. The father refused this as the basis to believe that he was saved. Because of his failure to understand the truth, his father missed the most important day in his daughter's life. He did not have that special moment of walking his daughter down the aisle because of a misapplication and misunderstanding of God's Word and the commission for today and how God's operating under grace. God wants all to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Apostle Paul tells the body of Christ in his letters that we have a twofold commission. 
to beg, beseech all people everywhere to be reconciled to God. And as he says here in Ephesians 3.9, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. The truth God desires all people to know and see is the truth of the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. The mystery is the body of truth revealed to Paul by Christ from heaven for this dispensation of grace. The truth of the mystery tells us that Jesus Christ is carrying out a heavenly ministry in his exaltation at God's right hand today. Under grace, he is building a church, the church, the body of Christ, and he is its living head. In following the mind and heart of God as we imitate God, the work of the body of Christ is to be about sharing his gospel and salvation and establishing people in his truth. Grounding believers in the knowledge of the truth keeps them from being tossed around to and fro by false teaching and traditions of men. It keeps people stable, grounded in their Christian lives, able to rightly apply the word to their lives and grow deeper in the Lord Jesus Christ. The knowledge of the truth of the mystery and understanding that it's in Paul's letters that we find the direct instruction for the church allows us to boldly hold out God's pure gospel of grace without mixing it with the law, without mixing it with Israel's covenants, without mixing it with the water baptism or the gospel of the kingdom and its earthly hope. The knowledge of the mystery allows us to know for certain what God's desire is for my daily walk in life, knowing that it's to be a walk of liberty, faith, and grace, lived in God's enablement and power by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. In fulfilling our commission under grace, it's been rightly said, without God, we can't. Without us, He won't. God wants to use our lives to reach people that they might be saved from eternal death and have eternal life. And God wants to use our lives to reach people that they might be saved from tradition and incorrect teaching and have a clear understanding of what God's doing today under grace. We are commissioned to rescue the perishing by sharing the gospel of grace. And we are commissioned to rescue the saved from wrong doctrine and shed the light on the truth of God's revelation of the mystery. This is the commission for the church, the body of Christ. If you have any questions about the things you hear on this program or read with our literature, please contact us anytime. Our phone number is 262-255-4750. Our email is berean at bereanbiblesociety.org. And if you'd ever like to order a DVD copy of any episode of Transformed by Grace, you can visit our website at bereanbiblesociety.org. Two Minutes with the Bible, a daily devotional, is a paperback, 366-page book written by Cornelius R. Stamm. Two Minutes with the Bible is a timeless classic that our beloved founder, C.R. Stamm, compiled from newspaper articles he had written for various publications. We at the Berean Bible Society are firm believers in the importance of daily devotions to further spiritual growth.
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.